Welcome back, everybody, to the OTH Football Podcast. Here once again for another college football episode. My name is George Giro, and as always, I'm joined by my buddy right here, David Gillespie. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing good. You know, I, I'm starting to realize that maybe I'm like a glutton for like pain and suffering when it comes to like competent QB play from like the teams I cheer for because. You, know, you look at the Bears, for instance, self-explanatory. <laughs> and then like the Gamecocks, like it really got me thinking with the news that we're about to talk about today. Mm. Like we don't have any remote, like top-notch, respectable quarterback. I mean, there's decent quarterbacks, but no one on the level of this guy who just announced has come to the to uh, Columbia to join the Gamecocks. I am so ecstatic to get into it. I am so stoked for this episode. But before we do, how are you, my man? How, how are you doing, George? You know, college football right now, I understand it's the dead period. You know, that just is what it is. We're getting mm-hmm. there. We're getting through it. So there won't be a whole, whole or shouldn't be, excuse me, a whole lot of college football news over the next week or so, apart from bowl games. Um, we're going to start this episode by not talking about the game this past weekend because it was, as usual, horrible. Uh, and I won't submit you guys to do that. If I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, the whole game had 22 pass attempts by both teams total. It's just like, what, at one point, you got to learn after your mistake. It's the, it's the epitome of insanity, just repeating the same mistake over and over again. You know? it, it, and I, I, that's the thing. I can't say it's a mistake because I, li- I like defensive football play. I love yeah. watching run game. Yeah. But that game is just... It's so dull. Like it's so dull. Yeah, the triple option doesn't oh, work. God. I'm sorry, it just yeah. doesn't. And the only time it does is when you have like the best quarterback in football who is as good a runner as he is a passer. Uh, looking at you, Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, probably the only yeah. man I know that can run an effective triple option. Um, <laughs> so, also, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, I'm talking Army Navy and God, that yeah. game just sucks. I didn't watch it. For- <laughs> I didn't watch it. We're not talking about it. We're just talking like, not. It's just never good, man. And then I guess Navy won, and they're they're four and eight. They beat an eight and four team. Like, and and you're like, well, like, oh, it must have been an upset. Is it an upset? Like those eight wins are like against shoddy competition. Play the fucking triple option. Like, let's just be real about it. At what point do we like consider? At what point do we consider Army like? Uh, an FCS team or something like that. <laughs> they're on the cusp, you know. They're just like both, I think both the, of the them are. Must, yeah, I mean, you know, I think the committee just doing them a favor. Like, you know what? We'll just make an FBS. We'll, 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 we'll give you we'll give you a little boost just for, for good, good luck's sake. You know? I mean, at least with Air Force, at least Air Force plays like pretty decent teams. Like they usually, I'll usually see them playing like a Boise State or like a BYU, at, like every now and again. Um, mm-hmm. Navy, Navy plays in the American, so yeah, and they, it, I mean, and it like, I don't know, it's like they, you know, Navy's had some close games against tough competition this year and stuff, but it's just, it's just, I, I just, I, I don't ever take them seriously. I really no. don't. I'm, I'm sorry. I just and, like and, when you run the same shit, it, it's, I mean, it's it's self-explanatory. It really is. And the funny thing is, is like you'll see, like they're more talented players end up mm-hmm. transferring somewhere else to, like, actually play real competition on their way mm-hmm. to, like, a decent enough NFL career. I mean, yeah. like, the one, like, of recency comes to mind is, um, most people probably won't know, but uh, fellow Ole Miss fanboys like me will will know, um, Jake Springer, a safety, uh, mm-hmm. left Navy, I think, before last year. 
So he had mm. to sit out a year, but this year he's been electric. He's been so good. Mm. And like even going back to his Navy, um, like Navy tape, you're like, wow, that kid's really good. He stands out and then leaves Navy. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck this oh, shit. I'm man. getting out of here. I, I hate to say that, but like, look, I didn't watch that game. I heard it was yeah. bad. I looked at the box. It was bad. Um, simple as that. That's all you're getting. If you want more great schools, but it's just sure, it's just the, the football like it's you know oh yeah they're they're like, great universities anywhere there's, there's just no hope you know they're great universities you know they represent our armed forces mm-hmm. and, and you know all, all all love and support for that but if we're talking pure football man you guys are terrible uh, I'm just gonna <laughs> say it like it is <laughs> so before oh, we get into that we're not gonna preview any of the bowl games coming up this weekend mm-hmm. there really aren't many good ones i want to say like it's the first weekend of, of bowl season mm-hmm. so uh it's it's rough i think the only notable matchup we picked out was b uh byu playing mm-hmm. against uh uh university of alabama birmingham the blazers down at the yeah. independence bowl <laughs> but even then like uab is still uh uab is in the sun belt aren't they mm-hmm. UAB is a sun belt team. I, I, I believe they are yeah uh against byu and the only reason BYU gets stuck with that is because they're still an independent. So simple as that. Uh, that's all you're getting. Again, uh, I'm not. I'm probably not going to watch that game either. I might. <laughs> if there's one thing you guys are going to get from me, it's honesty at every single point. That's what I you're see. getting. George has made enemies of the Mississippi State Bulldog community. Deservedly the so. Community. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Army and Navy, not as deserved. Like, I, I, you know, I can still respect and support them. I can't respect and or support Mississippi State. B- BYU, UAB. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I just like Mississippi State. That's the just, one I think that really, like, people are coming for your throat. You know, fine. everyone else, they're like, you know what? That kind of hurt a little bit, but we still you're still a likable guy. George, well, I mean, you know? no, that's the thing. It's like with those other schools, I mean, you, uh, Navy and Army, they have their redeeming qualities. I just don't like their football program. That's yeah. fine. They have mm-hmm. their – not more more than redeeming. I'm talking, you know, they, they have their qualities that you just have to root for. You know, there's that. UAB, mm-hmm. I, I love what <laughs> they've done with their head coach. I really – I'm looking forward to see where Bill Clark ends up. I think he's going to land a big job sooner than later. He's done a, a great job with that program. And BYU, mm-hmm. you're a great school. You're a great football school. Join a conference. I'm going to tell it to you like I do uh, Notre Dame. <laughs> join a conference. You want to play with the big dogs? Join a conference. Yeah. Just join the Pac-12. Join the Pac-12. Why not? Do what? it. You're in the territory. Why not? Let's bolster. Let Help the Pac-12 get back on the fucking top. Let's be real. Come on. Help, help it get back on top. Top? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I see it is okay. All okay, right, I okay. see it is. I, I mean, that. come on, SEC. We're going to talk about I South know. Carolina. What are you talking about? I love the SEC too. I don't know why don't, I'm taking a shot. Don't that, give me like, that. We're talking about yeah. South Carolina later. So can't wait, man. Can't wait. Oh, let's get into it. All right, before we get into our actual topics, which we've got kind of like three main main topics here, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to break down some of the new coaching hires. Uh, talk about the Heisman, which ugh, rough. Yes. And then, uh, yeah. look if you look what's behind me. It's that time. It's Merry Flipmas, everybody. It's it's yeah. transfer portal time, and I'm Let's here go, for it. Baby. But before we get into that, I do need to give a shout-out to our sponsors. First of all, as always, every single episode, every single week, we're sponsored by Symbol. Mm-hmm. You want to make some money? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Tell me. You want to make some money? Oh, huh? yeah. Hell everybody. Yeah. Everybody wants to make some money. <laughs> every single one of you guys. And if you tell me you don't, you're lying. And I don't like yeah. liars. So exactly. don't lie to me. Uh, everybody wants to make money. 
If you like fantasy football, some people don't. Perfectly fine. I understand. You know, normally, I always have bad fantasy football seasons. This year, all five of my teams are in the playoffs. I'll take it. it it's there been go, great man. so far. And I think I've got George three George killing the competition. I think I've even got three one seeds this year, so... We're Damn. out here. Okay. We're out here. over here. That's nice. But I can't use symbol. It's a shame. It's <laughs> truly a shame. Because if I did, man, you guys would see me. It'd be like Scrooge McDuck. I'd be sitting on this chair. Wouldn't be made out of, you know, pleather. It'd be made out of money. You know, that's that's what we'd be doing right now. And that's what you guys can there do. Just go. go over to symbol. Use our promo code OTH. Uh, and you get a $10 deposit bonus on any deposit of $25 or more. That is if you go over to symbol.com. Use our promo code OTH. Just three letters. OTH. Get a $10 deposit bonus on any deposit of $25 or more. And as always, uh, you know, come on. It's the name of the show, guys. It's the name mm. of the show, OTH, Overtime yeah. Heroics. Going over to OvertimeHeroics.net, whatever sports you like, whatever sports you love, football, baseball, hockey, soccer, basketball, F1 motorsport, uh, boxing, MMA, anything you guys can think of, they've got content over there for it. So come on, go over there, uh, give some articles a read. And uh, for us, let's just get right into it. So we've got three new head coaches. We, we talked a lot about those at the end of last episode, so we're going to lead things off with those three. Um, do you want to, do you want to start with, uh, I can't, I'm not going to bring out the spinny wheel. Uh, that, that might be, <laughs> that might be time for the, the transfer portal. Uh, whenever we yeah. talk about some of the non-commits, mm-hmm. um, but do you want to talk about arguably the least exciting one first or one of the more? Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. But to me, the least. we'll save the best for last, you know? Fair enough. To me, the least exciting. This is just mm-hmm. me. Um, Marcus Freeman with Notre Dame. Yeah. Look, as, as much as I love the excitement from the team, as much as I love the passion that he's already shown and he's already brought to that program. You know, I love to see that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, when we're talking about what major sweeping changes a new head coach can bring, to me, Freeman, even though he brings a new energy that Kelly just didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, that's fair enough. That 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 is yeah. certainly impactful on a team. When it comes to scheme, when it comes to recruiting strategy, when it comes to how the team actually goes ahead and plays – I don't see a huge like like for me, Freeman getting the hire does not move the needle for me. You know, no, how, how do you feel about that? I, I agree. Like it's not a huge hire. I mean, it's it's a it's big news in the sense it's Notre Dame and this guy is super young. He's only thirty five, and you know this is his first head coaching job. And and what a hell of a first hand coach head coaching job to land. Honestly, oh yeah. Um, you know, with the history and the pedigree that that that's come before him. Um, uh, it's, it's just, it's, you know, incredible for him, but at the same time, when you look at his resume and he's done some great things, like Notre Dame had one of the better defenses in the entire country this year, they were outstanding. They were on the outside looking in. I mean, like some people were even questioning, not me, but, uh, some people were questioning whether or not they, yeah, you know exactly what I'm about to say, whether they were robbed of the college football playoff slot, uh, um, this year to, to vie for a national title. And cause they only coughed up one loss on the season. Um, you know, and that was, of course, um, that was, of course, to, to Cincinnati earlier in the year. Um, you know, but this is a team that I think, you know, he, he's so young and, and he's done some great things defensively. But 
there's just a lot for him to prove. There's a lot for him to prove, honestly. You know, being the defensive coordinator, he's he's only he's just now, like recently, within one year, been with with Notre Dame. I mean, before that, he was at Cincinnati, a Cincinnati team that he uh, that his defense uh, lost to, um, copped up 24 points to uh, earlier in the year. But you know, again, done some great things with, with their defense. Kyle Hamilton was outstanding. Isaiah Foskey was outstanding. Um, there's a lot of guys, JT Bertrand as well. Um, you know, so many fun players to watch defensively, but how is he going to finally get them over the hump on rectifying really their quarterback issues? Because I think that's really been the biggest reason why they've constantly been on the outside looking in, you know? Oh, 100%. I mean, I mean look, yeah. I don't think that they've ever really had what I would consider a bad defense. I mean, no. because they, they, they um, recruit, excuse me, plenty of talent to yeah. play on the mm -hmm. defensive side of the ball there. That's always been one of the mainstays of their mm -hmm. identity. Um, and, and this, even this year, I mean, Freeman did a great job as the DC. It's always seemingly been the offense that has been below average. I, I can't even say lackluster because it's been mm -hmm. bad at times. I, I mean, yeah. just honestly, downright putrid at times. Not always, and not necessarily this year. But there have been times where it's been solely Notre Dame winning on the back of their defense and the simple fact that they don't play a tough schedule. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that can be discounted no. at, at no. all. And this year, I think, was another year just like that. They went uh, – did, did they go 10-1? and It went 11-1. 11-1, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. and I, I say it all the time. They went 11-1, and and their one actual big game was against Cincinnati, and they lost. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah. reason they are not in. That's the mm -hmm. main reason. And also, look at it. If you don't put Cincinnati in, how can you put Notre Dame in? I mean. Yeah, exactly. And they lost decisively in that game. It was 11-point oh, differential. It's that, not so. like, you're right. That's It's not like that was a close game. And I think a lot of that came mm -hmm. down to the below-average quarterback play and below-average mm -hmm. offensive play from Notre Dame. It's not like yeah. Cincinnati came out there and just boat raced them by, you know, 35-40. That didn't happen. But yeah. eleven points is decisive. That's you know a two score game. So, yeah. I, I agree. I I think Freeman can certainly do a great job. I think he's a good recruiter. I think their defense is going to continue to be very good. Now the big mm -hmm. question is, okay, yeah. with the new NIL, with the new transfer portal rules, what is this program going to do to bring mm -hmm. in? actual playmakers what are they going to do to bring in those difference makers on the offensive side of the ball because as far as i can tell right now that's just about nothing and well i, I will say i mean there are a couple guys offensively like i like their their offensive line like I mean, over the sure. years it's been pretty nice i mean that's where zach martin came from for instance um you know they, they've had some uh, uh excuse me um i remember uh What's his name? But there was someone else I was thinking off the top of my head, but Zach Martin being one of them. They've got a, a plethora of guys come in there and, oh, and sure. enter the NFL through the offensive line. The run game's pretty, been pretty pretty decent, too, at times with Kyron Williams. Not actually having I mean, as great of a year this year as he did is, last year. Is that a product of the offensive line? Because I that's the thing. I, I like Kyron I, Williams. I don't I think he's phenomenal, but I like him. Of course. I 100% agree. I think the main strength of their offense mm -hmm. is just their offensive line. Because if I'm looking at their wide receiving core, yeah. if I'm looking at their other skill positions, mm -hmm. it's 
meh, it's fine. Like I, I'm, I wouldn't say it's lower end, like lower mm-hmm. half in the country, but it's certainly not in the upper echelon. Like we're not talking about an offense like Alabama. We're not talking about an no. offense like Oklahoma no. or, or one of these, you know, just really high powered offense where you've mm-hmm. got skill from every single position and yeah. layers and layers of depth. That's not what we're no. talking about. We're talking about yeah. maybe one or two standout guys and a very good offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and Michael Mayer, for one thing, too, with the hot shot tight end, he was outstanding this year. He was great. Um, yeah. But but no, yeah, like I think I think a lot of it falls on the inconsistency more so towards the quarterback and the wide receiver court, too, furthermore at times. I mean, they've had some great guys come out of there with Chase Claypool, Equinemia sure. St. Brown, um, who, who, who've been some good guys. But even like this year, it, it's kind of been, yeah, like you said, a little lackluster in the passing game outside of Michael Mayer. Um, you know, Kevin Austin was not too shabby, but again, he's not blown me away. It's it's just it, that's something I think is very important. And is 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 Marcus Freeman going to be the next guy that struggles to figure that out? Kind of like what we saw with Brian Kelly all those years, or is he finally going to turn it up a notch? Because I thought Jack Cohn was. I thought they were on to something at the beginning of the year, and I bought into the fool's gold. It was absolute horseshit fool's gold, you know. Uh, with the way they played at Florida State, I liked the way their offense was clicked. I thought that was a symbol of something to come, and they kind of fell back down to earth, you know. And it, Jack Cohn, he's a solid quarterback. He's, he's decent, but he's, he's nothing to be mesmerized about whatsoever. So... That's just going to be the key thing for me. I, I totally believe defensively, but this could be just a sign of repeat re- repeated results to come or maybe even a downgrade to some degree because this is also a huge, huge test. I'm not saying I don't buy into his, you know, his potential success, but this is a first-time head coach. So that's something you really have to value and take it into account. No, I mean, I'm with you on that one, 100%. Um, we've got two more. Do you want to go... Atlantic Coast or Pacific Coast? Let's go Pacific. Let's All right, that. cool. So Oregon, after losing their head coach, Mar- uh, Mari Cristobal, to Miami, mm-hmm. uh, we've got th- – they already have a new head coach. They've hired uh, mm-hmm. former – now former – Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning. I, I'm i excited by this hire. I like this hire mm-hmm. a lot, actually, yeah. because yeah. Oregon's one of those schools that it seems like they're able to essentially pull – recruits from anywhere they're certainly a big enough program and they're a big enough name even though eugene is not the biggest city but by any stretch of the imagination Mm -hmm. but i think oregon has that kind of recruiting power where depending on what their head coach decides to focus on that's certainly where they're going to be able to pull from so i like landing a lot I, i like his defensive schemes i think you know george's defense this year and even george's defense over the last couple years uh, really showed that this guy is the real deal when it comes to being a defensive mind. So I think he'll be able to bring in a lot of those really nice defensive recruits, especially after the last couple of years where Oregon's been one of the better producers of defensive talent, especially in the secondary. Some of these yeah. corners and safeties coming out of Oregon mm-hmm. have been nice. And I yeah. think Lanning is going to be mm-hmm. really able to tap into kind of that um, resume or, or that, um, oh, what's it called? almost reputation of Mm -hmm. Oregon and and be able to say, all right, you guys want to play some strong defense? I understand it's Pac-12. That doesn't matter. I'm here now. We're going to play defense. Mm -hmm. Come on down to Oregon, and and we'll see what we can get done. Yeah, no, this one really, really fascinated me, honestly, with with the hire. Dan Lanning, man, I mean, this guy is – the job he did this year, I know they – 
squandered their in their opportunity to to capitalize on 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 how great their defense was against Alabama, um, and really just kind of like use that momentum to their to their benefit. I mean, this is a team that up until that game they hadn't allowed any more than thirteen points, and then Alabama drops forty plus on them. And that was, you know, at this point, we're kind of thinking of Georgia as an afterthought in this playoff, you know, if they ever have to go up against Alabama again, you know, and, and but 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 that's no knock to Dan Lanning. And I, I'm not saying that, um, you know, uh, um, he he's someone that is like it won't find a way to rectify that. But uh, um, but that you know, like I think, honestly, like the job he's done at at. Georgia with like with the defense he built there it, it's it's really outstanding it really is just the system he put in place to keep guys fresh to keep guys in rotation a lot of disguises like zone blitzes dropping at several guys back into coverage there's so much athleticism one of the things that's really going to stand out to me with this hire is is getting guys to play to their versatility um and and that's because that's what we saw so often when he was at Georgia honestly um, you know, especially within the linebacking court too. Furthermore, where guys could play in coverage, could stop the run, and could rush the passer. And, and I, so I'm interested. You know, you, you bring up the secondary, and he's done some phenomenal things with the secondary. But I'm also especially interested to see the versatility he's going to bring out in some of these linebackers, uh, with like Noah Sewell, for instance, who was oh, outstanding yeah. in his freshman year. That is going to be so awesome to see his growth. He's going to be so much under fun Dan Lanning. He's going to yeah. be. So- so much fun to watch. Um, you know, it, it's one of the things that's really interesting too with this hire um, is that um, you know Oregon has been consistently leaning on offensive uh, lineage over the past few years uh, of guys who've had that history, that track record, track record of coaching on the offensive side of the ball, especially mostly with Oregon. I mean, you know, Chip Kelly was a former offensive coordinator, for instance. Uh, Mario Cristobal, obviously, he was just recently their head, their head coach. Mark Alfrich, um, you know, and, and Mike Bellotti, too, even before that, like, you know, going back to the 90s. Um, all former offensive coordinators from Oregon that became head coaches with the exception of Willie Taggart, who still nonetheless was an offensive coach before he came to Oregon, and then obviously ultimately ended up leaving the Florida State this, uh, the, the following year. Um, so now they're going on the defensive side of the ball. They're trying to really build something here, and, and it really shifts the identity of this 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 uh, uh, program in terms of what their approach is going to be moving forward. And it really brings a ton of intrigue, honestly, to see what's this team going to look like next year. And does he have a strong enough grasp? Because, like, at the same time, you know, he is a defensive coach, and I brought this up in the last episode. You know, does he have a strong enough grasp of what the offensive ball needs to look like? You know, what the offensive side of the ball needs to look like for this this program? Uh, that's something that I, I think I'm, I have to keep my eyes peeled for. Um, but but defense, man, that they've got them covered, man. He's going to okay. bring out the beast out of everyone, and it's 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 going to be crazy. Like Oregon's going to make some noise. I think I have a feeling that we're going to see some big time results coming from from that program next year. Uh, just just a hint before we get into our last uh, mm-hmm. new head coach, uh, <clears throat> Oregon fans, get ready to run that ball. Yeah. Hey, all I'm saying <laughs> is, look, it's a- fun. SEC, oh, go ahead, sorry. SEC defense. Meet some SEC offense. Y'all gonna run that yeah. ball? I, I would not be surprised if they just end up just playing strong defense and running it down people's throat. I, I've got a question for you because yes. I always wonder this. I, I don't think I understand this. Why is it that defense and run games seem to go hand in hand with a lot of head coaches in terms of how much they value those things together? You know, uh, time of possession. I think is the is, is the biggest thing because, okay. but, but to me, both of those 
like to me those go hand in hand in that if you can control the ball at least on one side I'm talking, mm-hmm. you know, even if your offense at that point is relatively one-dimensional, if you know your defense is going to get the stops, mm-hmm. it's more often to me that, like, later in a game, your run game can get more and more effective, especially if you utilize it, you know, yeah. using different schemes. I'm not a huge fan of those guys, of those teams that just run it down the middle every single time. It's not effective. You're, you're essentially mm-hmm. losing. Your, you're giving up yards essentially if you're not utilizing different run schemes if you're not really you know moving stuff outside the tackle inside the tackles jet sweep pitches you know all these different running schemes which are all useful in their own right but the biggest thing is is controlling the clock if you're able to get yardage on the ground and if you're able to get stops on the defensive side of the ball and just keep essentially you're keeping the ball away from the other team because Think about it like this. Even if you're kicking field goals, if you have the ball a heck of a lot more than they do, yeah. <laughs> you're probably going to end up winning the game because you're ha- you're going to have more exactly. opportunities to score a- at mm-hmm. the end of the day. If you have the ball more, you're more likely to put up points because the other team doesn't have the ball. So mm-hmm. I-, I could see that being kind of the main thought process. I mean, that's at least my thought process, and I think that makes sense, but – um, no, I, I, I do, I do think the way a lot of coaches utilize that kind of thought process is a bit convoluted and just mm-hmm. is a little bit inefficient. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, yeah. think about it like this, looking at Navy, looking at army, like teams like that, that run a weird run scheme like that, that it mm-hmm. just saying, guys, you know, they're running the ball. It's going to happen. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to account for the pass. Mm-hmm. just saying but with a bigger <laughs> program like this that can utilize that more as like using the run game to open up the pass game using more rpos using um multiple different run schemes and run options well then you have a, a relatively high functioning offense that yeah even if it isn't the most efficient even if it isn't you know this high flying like it's not an air raid it's not a west coast offense you're controlling the clock, you're controlling the ball, you have more possession, and at the end of the day, you'll likely end up with more points on the scoreboard. Yeah. No, that's a great point, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, time of possession often being the, the, the priority with a lot of defensive coordinators when they become head coaches. It's it's just, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's almost inherent to a lot of those coaches who who, who seem like who are defensive-minded seeming seemingly valuing the, the the run game more so than the pass game when they when they get uh the offense going uh but yeah i mean you know who knows what's going to happen with dan lanning i mean you know like in terms of if that's going to be uh, i mean like I, I think it probably is yeah like uh, Honestly, but, i think that'll be so much fun for the pac-12 because it's going to be like all these teams that are so like i don't want to say similar stylistically mm-hmm. but you i mean even with lincoln riley going to usc you still got yeah. us chip kelly still at ucla isn't he yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You've got them. You've got U Dub who who just uh got themselves a new head coach and a new quarterback who mm-hmm. also likes to throw that ball around. Let's, yeah. let's be real. He he can, he's got a yeah. good arm and he can throw that ball. So you've got uh, you know this almost stereotypical West Coast Pac-12 passing offense and then out of nowhere you'll probably have o- Oregon and Utah just running the ball, running all mm-hmm. over people and uh, yeah. I just think oh, that'll it's... be it's going to be so much fun stylistically to watch. It really is, um, you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, at the same time, he could place a lot of emphasis, like I mean, or like on, on trying to hone the passing game because that was a glaring issue this this past season, where that was the difference, in my opinion, of why they didn't vie for a national title. Um, and that's kind of been their history. 
To be fair, though, to Oregon this year, when it comes to, uh, you know, they've got an inexperienced quarterback who we're not really sure Mm -hmm. yet as a ball thrower, and then their run game was absolutely decimated by injuries. So, it was, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, that's no disrespect to them. That's just part of yeah. why they ended up having to uh, – I don't want to say not even having to. That's why they ended up struggling against a team like mm-hmm. Utah that – what do they do? They play good defense, and mm-hmm. they run the ball, and therefore they possess the clock. Yeah. And that I ended just... up being their downfall twice. Exactly. Twice. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Utah came back to bit them right, bite them right in the ass, man. Um, twice, yeah, pretty damn bad. Like he took a chunk out of that ass, you know. He came back for more and was just like, <laughs> there was last, a sequel for that. That was last, just as good, you know. That last one was pretty good. Let's get some more. <laughs> Takes out the carving oh, knife. I just wonder how Oregon fans are going to gravitate towards this hire because it's such a shift in what their identity used to be. I mean, like I said, it's been on the offensive side of the ball predominantly in terms of what they value in the passing game, notably. I mean, Marcus Mariota, Justin Herbert, Darren Thomas, Dennis Dixon, the list goes on of all the illustrious quarterbacks they've had there. And and, and now, like I said, like it's the defensive side of the ball that's going to be prioritized probably since that's what he knows best. And maybe the run game in tandem too because, you know, obviously he is a defensive-minded coach, so that's got to be taken into account of what could be in all likelihood happening. So, um, but I, I love, again, I love the hire. Um, what he did at Georgia was phenomenal, even with the, the, the down, downward spiral against Alabama and the, the, the SEC championship game. Um, I think he is coaching the in the playoff, though, right? He's not leaving immediately? To my, is that? To my I knowledge. Wonder, I mean, yeah. To my knowledge. I think so. I believe he is. So. I've seen a lot more coaches and a lot more coordinators doing that. Um so far, I'd, I would love to see him just let, let him finish out, especially if it's, yeah, he's gonna, uh, yeah, he's gonna remain with Georgia through the college football. That's what okay. I thought. So okay, he is, good. yeah, good, good, good. Uh, all right, and then last but certainly not, well, mm-hmm. I don't want to say certainly not least, but possibly least, uh, mostly for one team, uh, the team losing <laughs> this coach. Uh, oh. Virginia has themselves a new head coach. Uh, Tony Elliott, the former Clemson offensive coordinator. And as much as I would like to talk about this as a hire for Virginia, and I really do think Tony Elliott's going to do a good job there. I like him as a coach. Mm -hmm. I like him as an offensive mind. The bigger storyline with this is how this affects Clemson. Because, and I honestly, I don't necessarily think that we need to talk about this one all too much because I talked about this well earlier in the season. My big (laughs) storyline with this is... I truly, truly believe that at this point in the Dabo Sweeney regime, you know, unless he is able to replace at this point both his offensive and defensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. losing Tony Elliott to Virginia, losing Brent Venables Mm -hmm. to Oklahoma, you know, we're talking about two of the better coordinators in all of college football. I mean, Elliott's been there, what, six, seven years now. Venables Mm has been there, I got a decade. I mean, we're we're talking about Mm -hmm. experienced smart guys who have won more than one national championship with this team. So it's not like these are small losses by any means. These are very smart individuals. These are very good coaches that somehow, some way Dabo Sweeney is going to have to try and replace. And those are big shoes to fill. So if they don't replace them with the right hires, and if they're not able to really develop a guy like DJ Uyunglele, we could see another shoddy season out of Clemson next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And then at that point, mm-hmm. well, we'll have to see where transfers end up, where where recruiting ends up, because 
you know, more than one not-so-great season in a row could really end up providing more talent for the other teams in that state, in that conference, in that division. That's just how it goes. I mean, look, here's the way I look at it. If Clemson struggles again next season, and let's just say, for example, with whatever new pieces they end up playing with, South Carolina, and it's, uh, it's Shane Beamer as their coach, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. If they all of a sudden come out of nowhere, have a great SEC season, ha- you know, play extremely well in the SEC East, mm-hmm. they don't even necessarily have to win it. They don't because you can already see that they're building. You can already tell mm-hmm. that this is oh, a yeah. program on the rise. They are growing. They've got a smart head yep. coach who can recruit and can bring in guys from the transfer portal. If they have a good season next year, which I think they are on the road to doing, and Clemson struggles again, which I think they're on the road to doing, how many of those in-state guys or how many of those guys that looked at Clemson and said, yeah, I'm going to go play for the Tigers. We're going to compete for a national championship. We're going to go complete compete for, for an ACC championship. How many of those guys just flip the switch and say, wait a second, I can still stay in-state or I can still stay local and I can go play against better competition and have that same level of success or, or have a similar you know, you know, route route to, to play at the next level. Why not just do that? So do I think that this is necessarily, you know, the, the next page in the downfall of Clemson? Not necessarily, because we still have to see who Dabo uh, hires and who Dabo is able to bring in from the transfer portal in terms of recruits. Because, you know, we, we know they've got commits from four stars, five stars, guys like that. That is what that is. But – if he gets those hires wrong or if these guys that come in aren't great for whatever system they play, they very well could be taking a huge step back, even in the ACC. I mean, Pitt was fantastic this year. Wake Forest was fantastic this year. I mean, those are two programs that are also on the rise, especially within the conference. So I think that's going to be huge. I think that's going to be a huge loss for Clemson. Yeah, I, um, you know, it's funny you bring up a, a state in state. Can you imagine? Yeah, can you can you imagine what a fucking gut punch that would be to like just leave to your rival and be like, peace out, y'all. I'm I'm heading down, you know, to to Columbia, you know, as opposed to staying at Clemson. Yeah. So it just, I, I mean, that is that like that would that would really. I mean, I would absolutely welcome that. Like, I know you would be complaining. Yeah, down, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, let's get this program back on track to the glory days when Steve Spurrier was there, you know. Um, but, I, I, you know, I think with Tony Elliott, uh, um, it, it's a costly loss. Um, you know, I wonder if he, you know, kind of saw this as a good time. Because, like, if, was this a sign of, like, oh, I want to take on a head coaching job? Or was this also a sign, too, like, maybe I want to just change places, too, on top of that? Because I don't know if he if, if he kind of lost hope in getting DJ Uyungle. I'm not saying this is the case. I'm not saying this should be the case. But... Did he or did he not lose faith in getting Dewey, DJ Uy Angalele, uh, Angalele, excuse me, um, uh, uh, you know, faith in getting him back on track and getting him to hone his skill set and 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 finally execute his talent to its its capability because he's a spectacular talent. But we saw it time and time again, this guy really struggle to make the necessary progressions, to make the necessary throws to get this team uh, back into title contention. Now they did end the year strong. They ended the year nine and three. I think they won four, uh, uh, each of their last four games in memory, or each of their last five games, excuse me. Uh, um, you know, to close the the twenty twenty one season uh, before the bowl game. But uh, you know, it's this is a huge test for Dabo Sweeney. 
it's a huge test. Losing both your offensive and defensive coordinators who've both been there for for, God, for, for, for just a, a, an extremely long time and have both made their mark within that program. Numerous titles, you know, numerous accomplishments, numerous accolades, and now just to, to find a way to fill in that void, you've really got to do your homework on this one. And I wonder, you talked about earlier, could this be the downfall of Dabo? Could this be where he kind of comes back down to earth? I don't want to say necessarily say Dab, uh, downfall in terms of him being like a, a flat-out irrelevant coach no, that's I'm not, not going to accomplish I mean, I'm not, I'm not a single game. No. Exactly, yeah. But, but in terms of the title contention Dabo that we have seen for numerous years now, Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge, huge test. I am very eager. I'm going to definitely be keeping my eyes because we, we've certainly got a report on that when he finds his new coordinators because that's going to be some big, big time news. But, but, but for Joe Elliott, uh, uh, for, excuse me, for excuse me, Tony oh. Elliott, excuse me. Um, Next thing you know, we're going to say Zeke Elliott. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> um, you know, to go to Virginia, I'm, I'm happy for him. I don't know if Brennan Armstrong is going to to leave for the NFL draft, but he's a nice quarterback. I really like what they've got going there uh, through the passing game, uh, um, at least within Virginia. I know they didn't end the season strong. They were 6-6. Six and six, um, But but their passing game's not too shabby. Brennan Armstrong, Armstrong Dontavian Wicks, too. Uh, really, really good, t- really uh, good tandem. Honestly, that's been one of the silver linings to this Virginia Cavaliers team, if anything. So to see that progression, what he's going to make in terms of his mark uh, there is going to be fascinating. But yeah, the the more gravitating, you know, the the, the more likely ha- headline to gravitate towards is how is Davos Sweeney going to fill in these voids? Because you, like to to a st- it's not like it's for one thing to have so much success for the, to, to have so much success with these guys. Um, it's a whole other thing for them to be there so long, too, and have that success. Yeah. You know, to just kind of get out of that rhythm, get out of that state of equilibrium in terms of being on the same page, having the same chemistry. That's a tall order to fill sometimes when you find the new guy, when you're looking for that new guy. So a big, big question mark, uh, uh, certainly the biggest headline of them all. Um, but good for Tony Elliott, honestly, oh, yeah. getting his new head coaching job. And good for Brett Venables, too. Um, I, I expect some good things to come for them as head coaches. I really think they, they, they've got the capability to make some noise uh, within those programs. I agree. I mean, they, they've both got a ton of experience, um, and they've got a ton of experience winning. So mm-hmm. best of luck to them. I, I yeah. think that they're both going to do great in their new roles. Yeah. Uh, it's great news for my Gamecocks, too, because now yeah. we don't have to worry about going up against these guys who were absolute gurus and masters oh, at yeah. what they did, they you are. know? They're truly, you know, just just masterminds at what they're mm-hmm. able to do and, and, and put on in the field. Before we get into yeah. our transfer portal talk, which that we've got, you know, quite a bit mm-hmm. for, um, yeah. we're going to talk about final Heisman rankings. I I don't know how much you actually want to get into this, but I've got the list. I've got all 10 right mm-hmm. here. Uh, I was just going to mm-hmm. read it down based on the voting. Of course, Heisman winner Bryce Young. Uh, I think for me, at least that was expected. Uh, I, I think that with them coming i don't want to say coming back but losing midseason to texas a&m not losing again the rest of the season taking down what looked like a, a relatively unbeatable georgia defense that had played so well all throughout mm-hmm. the season uh to make them look as silly as they did bryce young i think well deserved of the heisman mm-hmm. uh and then going down second through ten, second place we got aiden hutchinson i think we made our feelings on that pretty well known yeah uh, with the last uh, episode. Uh, third, Kenny Pickett. Fourth, oh, CJ Stroud. Fifth, both of our hopeful winner uh, was Will Anderson Jr. Mm-hmm. coming in in fifth. Uh, again, I man, I 
He was just so dominant against everything. He was team. so great. Every yeah. team he played against, he was fantastic. Uh, six, we've got Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. Again, mm-hmm. look. Outstanding. He was fantastic. Uh, uh, looking at the list, undoubtedly to me, the best running back in college football this season. Mm-hmm. He was just dominant. He was so yeah. good, so much fun to watch. And even his mm-hmm. down games, like a lot of teams would be like, shoot, I would take that on a good game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like every game, it seemed like it was 100, 150 yards at minimum. Seemingly, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, he came in sixth in the voting seventh and, uh, Nissan fan vote winner, uh, is, uh, Matt Corral coming mm-hmm. in eighth Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. He's another one. Mm-hmm. I have to say just based on the Heisman itself and how mm-hmm. re like it, it seems very, very based on recency bias. Yeah. I think that's easy to tell. I don't see how Desmond Ritter isn't higher on that list mm-hmm. just because and like this came in the okay, aftermath. Really? And I say that this came in the aftermath and, and in the wake of Cincinnati being named the first group of five school to mm-hmm. ever make the playoff. You know what yeah. I mean? So that, that's why that's mm-hmm. kind of surprising because he was certainly the engine for that offense. You know, he, he definitely led the room. He's been there forever. Um, he's likely going to go to the NFL after this season mm-hmm. and we'll just have to see how they play. Um, in the playoff game. Uh, he was eighth in the voting. Ninth, we got Jordan Davis, uh, defensive lineman from Georgia, yep. if I remember correctly. Yep. They're nose tackle, yep. Yep, that's right. And then coming in tenth, one of our fa- – just a personal, one of our fan favorites. Uh, another running back, Brees Hall. I mean, yeah. dude's oh, just electric. He's so fun. He's so good. So fun he's to watch, fantastic. man. Were there any, like, really weird, like, standouts in there to you? Because uh, – I kind of like I like where Kenneth Walker was in that list. Um, mm-hmm. I think Anderson should have been higher. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think they could have put Corral higher, but again, it, it all kind of circles back to what we talked about last time. Is they yeah. really need to set in stone? They need to set the actual precedent of what the Heisman Trophy is for. Mm-hmm. Are we talking yeah. MVP for like a specific school? Are we talking? Oh, this guy was pretty good the last three weeks. Let's vote for him. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> or is it just straight up the best player? Because at that point, yeah. uh, you know, certainly Bryce Young was one of, yeah. if not the best player in college mm-hmm. football. Like, there's nothing I, I can't, even if it was just, okay, straight up best player. Do I think Will Anderson s- still could have won it? Certainly. Would I have been mm-hmm. mad if they chose Bryce Young over him? No, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, he was so good. Like, I, I can't yeah. say that. But if mm-hmm. we're talking MVP, like, how was it not shifted around mm-hmm. a little different? Because I'm sorry, without Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh's probably trash this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah. was he was mm-hmm. elite, and mm-hmm. he was just like yeah. decimating everybody. And he was your favorite that you wanted to be to, to ultimately win out of the four that were chosen. Out right? of the four that were chosen, yes, yeah. I would have chosen Pickett. But that's just because you know he was like I said, yeah. truly elite, and I think he was the most valuable to his team versus, yeah. you know, young Hutchinson and star. I mean, Hutchinson, I think we all, we both had it fourth uh, yeah. out of those top four, just <laughs> yeah. because, I mean, he like, to me, he wasn't even the best defensive lineman on the team. Honestly, Ojabo I is, Ojabo's a dude. He is a yeah. absolute dude. I think it's like a sliver, but yeah, I would take Ojabo over him. Like I really would. I love David Ojabo's talent. Like I think, you know, but, oh, but, he's but the more. Is it is it based on their talent? Is it based on we don't know? They just yeah. say, "Here you go, here's your slip, vote," and and all we get are, are the votes back. 
That's yeah. all. That's all the information we get. They, they need it. Like we said, they need to make it concrete. We need to all be on the same page in terms of, as opposed to the, like, cause there's, I'm sure it's not even just like the, the, the committee as a whole. I'm sure even within the committee, each voter has a different definition. Oh, of this. Yeah, I'm and sure. you can't have it. Like you, like we need to have the same definition of what we're all striving for, because when we see the results in the end, it doesn't look like it makes a ton of sense, you know? And then there's, then there's, you know, doofuses like us who are just going to sit here and talk about it and be like, oh, I think this guy should have won, but we don't have a vote, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, It's, you know, I'm so happy for Bryce Young, for his sake, because he's a great player. I'm not knocking him one bit. He's the best quarterback, I think, in all of college football this year. Um, uh, So, like, if anyone were to win it outside of Will Anderson Jr., I would have given it to him. Of course. we all know damn well. I, you know... (laughs) I, I, I had I a lot of issue with this list, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, 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 like, and it was because they left the guy off, and then even within the voting too, Aiden Hutchinson should not have been second. Aiden Hutchinson should, should have been last in this list. And again, no knock towards him. And even like with the comparison to David Ajabo, I still think both those guys are top ten caliber. Oh, picks they're both great in the draft. They're both they're phenomenal. Great. I just think there are certain guys who are even better than them, and there's it's, there's no knock towards him. There's no oh, diss towards him. Junior, exactly. Who should have won it? Who should have been the second ever defensive player to win the Heisman, if you ask me? But I, I'm not a voter, so I, I don't make those decisions. The, funny, um, I the just funnier was... thing for me is with mm-hmm. Will Anderson, it's not even just that he was. I mean, with Aiden Hutchinson, what position did you play? He was a defensive end. What position does uh, Will Anderson play? He's an outside linebacker. Wrong. He was also a defensive end, also a defensive lineman. He played a ton of snaps at both positions. I, I, he was more. I saw him more as an as, as an outside linebacker. Well, that's the thing. He played. I want to say like uh, maybe like fifty five percent of his snaps there. Mm-hmm. He played another like thirty to thirty five percent of mm-hmm. his snaps on the line. We're yeah, not just yeah, with his hand in the dirt. Yeah, we're not <laughs> just talking. Like he was a multifaceted, just an absolute monster that you had to double. And if you didn't, I mean, you're probably getting hit. You know, your quarterback's probably getting hit. He played a ton of snaps at both positions. It was just such an impressive mm-hmm. season. And, I mean, yeah. that even to me, excuse me, that extra level, that extra layer mm-hmm. of versatility, Yeah, the fact that he would play in coverage, he would play mm-hmm. in your face, he would do, yeah. he would play on the line with his hand in the mm-hmm. dirt, like you said. Yeah. He did it all. And he, he did it all. He had 15 and a half sacks this season. That he, is he, stupid. He, not 91 tackles, and on top of that, he had 10 more tackles for, for loss They're than the, the next. next guy below him, which was Devin Lloyd yep. from Utah. Just ridiculously dominant. And, and I, I suppose I'm happy that he finished fifth as opposed to like finishing 10th, which would have just been even more deplorable. That's just disrespectful you know? at that point. Yeah, that's just like at that point, you're just you're being an asshole. That's, just, that's, 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 just, that's just pulling an Eli. <laughs> that's just... Yeah, exactly. The two middle fingers up. I don't give a shit. Fuck you. No, um, I also didn't like, you know, I love Kenneth Walker. I would have put Matt Corral over Kenneth Walker. Um, Davis being in there, you know, I, I like what he's done. He's, he's stuffed a lot of gaps and stuff, but I've seen plenty of nose tackles out there that still make a lot more noise than he has. And I'm not trying to not, he's very athletically oh, he's, freakish. But he's so good. He's so fast. He's three forty, and he ran like twenty miles an hour. Yeah, twenty miles an oh, hour. Oh, I saw that. I saw that play. Like 
Okay, so whenever he ends up doing the combine, like what what do you think the must over watch, under what's watch, the over yeah. under do you think on his forty time? Are we talking like does he run like a four seven? I, I'm not even kidding. I, he, I'm so eager to see that. Might. I think he might. That's he crazy, might run, dude. He's like three hundred and might run a four seven. He's gonna be the I'm next s- Makai Becton on that list. Yeah. The only difference is Makai yeah. Becton is six eight. Or like or like Teron Armstead. Yeah. This is 40 ever for a lot. It was like 469 or some shit like oh that. Oh my god. Insane. Dude, I am totally geeking out at the thought of him seeing him run the 40 yard dash. That is gonna be that's gonna be mind blowing. That, like, that is gonna, the, oh god. That is the definition of, of, of <laughs> rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. You know, stumbling. that's that is, exactly. that, is the def, that is the definition of what that's gonna look like. And no disrespect, because that oh. man's an athlete. That man is a oh, he is yeah. a beast. So um, fun to watch. Um, but those were the real big concerns for me, honestly. Again, you know, I had Will Anderson Jr. topping them out. Yeah. Uh, but I, but if anyone, I would have gone with Bryce Young. Aiden Hutchins, again, should have been fourth. Pickett, you can make an argument for Pickett even being second, considering the fact that, you know, he was the predominance of that offense. They didn't have as great of a defense as Alabama. So I don't blame you for putting, putting Pickett at a higher pedestal than Bryce Young. But very happy for him as a player. Very happy for him as a person. Um, loved his his dedication to his family. The speech I, I got to see that, which is really nice to Bryce see. Young, he's, he's just, you, you can't have a root for him, you know. He's yeah. a likable guy. So uh, before we get into the transfer portal, which uh, I we we're not going to breeze through it because we have some really interesting ones in there. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Real quick, did you see at this point? You know what? They should give it to Pickett. He's already a a, a game changer. Did you see yeah. that they already changed the rule on the uh, the yeah, slide they did. within yeah. like three days? They're like, oh, we got to Oh, we can't do this. <laughs> I think I think he knew good you know? and well as soon as he went to the press conference <laughs> and said, yeah, I did that on purpose. There, I, <laughs> yeah. I think in the back of his mind, he knew immediately. He's like, all right, I've got about 12 hours before they change yeah. this. I better triple down on it. <laughs> oh shit! Talk, talk about leaving your imprint on the game. That's literally, what I'm talking you know? about. He is a he is That's a awesome. true game changer, man. Fantastic. It literally changed the game. That's that's awesome, you know. But hey, I you know, as long as we get on the same page, that's all I mean. You know, we talk about with the highs, we'll talk about with the slide too, because you know, and we all want it to be safe. Like I, I think I speak for you, George. We we want this to be safe at the same time because that that comes into play. Of course, certainly. So. But we got to be on the same page in terms of helping establish that, and then keeping it fair, and also keeping it legitimate too. That it's not just a rule that's too precautious, you know, too ridiculously over the top in terms of yeah. making the game bland when it's un- when it's unnecessary to do so. I don't want I don't want defensive players to like sneeze on a quarterback and then get penalized. Well, <laughs> exactly. I say that COVID. Never mind. They, you yeah. know, will. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about well, that. You know? Post post pandemic, whenever that may end up being, we'll, we'll put uh, a pin in. We'll out. put a pin in that for now. Um, yeah. We'll get back to the sneezing clause of, of the rule. Yeah. But you know, you know what I mean. Like, I don't, I don't want a guy to just get yeah. like you know tapped and then they'll be like laundry. And then, oh God, I, the the day flopping makes its presence in the NFL and college football. I might shed a tear. I might shed like that one commercial where they just shed the one tear. That that's gonna be me, man. With, with you know, I hope to God that never happens. Flopping needs to be like they need to crack down on that shit in every sport: soccer, basketball, 
whatever. Crack down on it, you know. I mean, with the, oh, with the whole idea of, of flopping, and we're I think I think we're just gonna make this quick. I mean, haven't yeah. we already kind of seen like an an advent of flopping in, in a way with college football, with some of these At times, yeah. And that's the thing. It, it's hard to say with with a lot of these defenses when they're coming up against, you know, high-tempo offenses. Yeah. You know, we've seen it in big games. We've seen it with big teams. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. defensive players just going down, like, seemingly mm-hmm. at random. Like, ah, my hammy. Oh, cramping up. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's one of those things where it's so tough to really crack down on that because – how are you to say what guy is or isn't actually dealing with, you know, a cramp or, or isn't or is not dealing with something where they have to at least take a breather, yeah. you know, take a take a playoff. That's kind of what's so difficult about like cracking down on it in that sense. But, you know, yeah. I feel like if it's so incredibly blatant, make it like hockey, yeah. make it like hockey mm-hmm. In hockey. There is a tr- an actual penalty you can call if a player gets tripped and they like really try and sell it. Both players will get penalized. Yeah, you got your stick in that guy's skates. You tripped him. Also, don't do that. Embellishment. You go to the box, too. It yeah. can be both. Like, you I, know I, what yeah. I mean? It, it can be both. I, why not? Honestly, that makes sense to me, too. It's it just, you know, and, and what I mean by presence, I just mean prevalent presence, like where it's pervasive and oh, you just course. see it on a regular basis, you know? No, so. I, I, I fully understand what, what, where you're coming from, and I, and I agree. Um, and now, something else that I know a lot of people are not happy about. Uh, the transfer portal and the new, uh, yeah. you know, immediate eligibility. So mm-hmm. we've got a handful of guys that uh, have already committed. They've made their commitments. Mm-hmm. They're already deciding on where they're going to end up going. The two big and spicy ones uh, that we got to get into right away, and we we teased it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You are all for this. We're oh, talking yeah. Quinn, no Spencer Rattler <laughs> and Austin Stogner to South Carolina. Um, oh, both former Oklahoma talents taking their Making their way out to South Carolina mm-hmm. to play for the Gamecocks, play in the SEC, yeah. play some real football. I mean, um, no, 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 no. So I oh, am very intrigued by this because, mm-hmm. and, and we do have to preface this. We have to preface mm-hmm. all of this. For now, these are just verbal commitments. Yeah, we mm-hmm. see it all the time with recruits. Mm-hmm. If these guys get a better offer, or if they get something different from a different school, they can certainly flip. We yeah, gonna put that out there mm-hmm. right now. However, let's just be excited. Let's just yeah. let's go. Let's, let's go crazy to the hell of it. Fuck so, it, you know. This one we're not gonna bring out the crazy spinning wheel of where these guys are gonna end up because mm-hmm. I have no idea. Well, we already know at least one place <laughs> where they might end up. So. We've got new quarterback and new tight end for South Carolina for the Gamecocks. You're the uh, resident South Carolina Mm -hmm. expert uh, we'll go with. So what are your thoughts on this? Because I, after hearing some of the things with Rattler, not necessarily Mm -hmm. on the field like what we saw, Mm -hmm. just hearing something stuff about his attitude at times uh, and and some of his off the field, I, I can't say issues. Because it's not like he's out there getting into legal trouble or anything like. Of course mm-hmm. not, you know. And, and I'm not going to say anything about him as a person or his character. These are just you know things that that we're hearing coming out of mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Is that at times he can be a bit of a diva. He can you know yeah. he's got mm-hmm. that side of him that you know a coach and a, a team are going to have to address and they're going to have to deal with. Yeah, I, I think I, I respect your uh, um, your 
concern for that, and, and I, I kind of echo it to some degree, too. And of course, um, I'm know, not saying that, that, you know, I'm not going to ever say that that ruins him yeah. as a player or as a prospect. Mm -hmm. By no means am I saying that. I'm just saying mm -hmm. that that is something that could possibly be a, a cause of trepidation for some teams yeah. and mm -hmm. some coaches to bring a guy like that in. You yeah. know, that, that's all mm -hmm. I'm going to say on it, because by all means, I think he's extremely talented. I love his arm talent. Yeah. He's athletic. Yeah. All the mm -hmm. things you want in a quarterback, we just have to see if he can put it together. No, absolutely. Um, I think the the cause for concern, like, is a little less for me. Uh, um, comes to the comes when we when I think about the fact that he's reuniting with with Shane Beamer, who used to be the assistant head coach at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so he has some ties to him. I think that honestly, it, it makes me feel a little more calm than 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 maybe others because I think he'll know how to kind of harness that. Um, I don't want to say ego, but that kind of uh, um, that mindset in a little bit to just kind of establish a little more humility, you know, in the process. So I, I think that's where I, I, I kind of, you know, where my, my, my personal mindset lies with his, um, you know, coming down to Columbia now. But uh, I am so stoked about this. You I guys, listen, you, you heard me at the beginning talking about the, the, like being a glutton for pain and suffering. The Gamecocks are like the Bears. We don't have a proud QB history, okay? It's really what Connor Shaw, uh, uh, um, Jake Bentley, who was solid for one year, um, and then really, I mean, you could maybe go Steve Tannehill back in 1995. Not too many people know that name. Did throw for 29 touchdown passes, almost 31 years. I don't even think they've ever had a 30 touchdown thrower uh, in program history, which is not particularly great at this juncture in in football. Um, you know, but 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 that's really it. As far as hard decorate, we actually have had a Heisman winner though, so I won't say it's, it's been all that bad offensively. We've had some really good wide receivers, Sterling really Sharp, Sidney Rice, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, for instance. Debo Samuel came from there. Uh, um, Farrell Cooper, you know, the list goes on. Uh, and George Rogers, yeah, like I said, back in the '80s at the running back position. But but quarterbacks we have really struggled with, and this right here, as far as I'm concerned, is practically a slam dunk. You know, in comparison to our past uh, 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 history with these guys, he's spectacularly talented. I, you know, I didn't think he was going to win the Heisman this year, but I thought he was going to have a very good year. Now, ultimately, that was not exactly the case. It was far from the case. In fact, he didn't even get to see much playing time in the second half of the season because of Caleb Williams, uh, who ultimately uh, he was benched in favor of. Um, you know, and I felt that it was a little unfair at the time when Spencer Rattler was benched because I, I felt like they were holding him on too tight of a leash. You know, that wasn't always going their way offensively, but they were still undefeated at that point, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, yes, so, they were. They were. So it, it felt a little unfair to just kind of say, sit down, kid. We're going to we're going to we're going to let Caleb take over. You know, I just didn't think that was the utmost uh, fair, the, the, it was the utmost fair uh, um, situation to ultimately move forward with. Um, now, Caleb Williams deserved to take over that job when we saw how he ultimately ended up playing, uh, especially, I mean, he just, the comeback kid he became, the, the, the courage that he possessed. I mean, stealing the ball from Kennedy Brooks in that one game, I think it was against was it Kansas State, I want to say. Um, um, that sounds I right. Say that, that sounds right. Yeah, I want to say it was against Kansas State where he ended up taking the ball. I mean, it was, it was an, unbelievable. Um, but at the same time, again, it was a little unfair for Spencer Rattler to, to lose job. With that being said, I think he will have a bounce back year this year. I'm not saying, or this upcoming season, I should, I should say, in 2022. Uh, I'm not saying that this we're, national championship, here we come. Like, it's no, that's <laughs> like, I'm not saying that shit. 
I'm not out of my mind in that regard. I, I think he, but he's going to be the best quarterback we've ever seen come into to Columbia, honestly. Um, I, I really am interested in what Marcus Satterfield can do with him because we were, they were very conservative with the offense this year with Zaquandre White and with uh, 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 with Kevin Harris, who were really the predominance of their identity in the offensive game. Uh, they, they really lean on that and, and a lot of conservative throwing coming from guys like Zeb Nolan and Jason Brown and, and Luke Doty, who, who I thought was actually going to be the star quarterback this year, potentially with his athleticism because the guy was very, very athletic, but we ultimately didn't end up seeing that because of injuries and Ultimately, Zeb Nolan and Jason Brown kind of split the time. But they were very conservative with those guys, and for fair reasons. I mean, one of those guys was just a, a, a uh, an FCS transfer, and another one was, was uh, 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 you know, uh, and Zeb Nolan was, um, was a guy who was a graduate, you know, assist that became a head, uh, a, a graduate that became a, a quarterback, like, a couple weeks before the season began. You know, it was, it was really, really... A, a, a quick turnaround in that regard. Um, so I, I just think, honestly, I, they're going to be a lot more creative with this offense. There's going to be a lot less, uh, you know, conservativeness uh, or conservation, I should say, uh, um, with this offense moving forward. And I think that's going to be great. Utilize his athleticism. Utilize his arm talent because it's, it's spectacular. It really is. And, and just to see, you know, him all obviously reunite with Austin Stogner, too. Uh, it was an outstanding tight end, and if it wasn't for you know uh, um, an unfortunate staff infection last year that really put a halt to his season, um, we would have seen him probably hit the ground running this year as opposed to kind of, you know, he, he contributed at times. He had three touchdowns on the year, but only 166, 166 yards on the season, um, you know, which was unfortunate, you know, because he also ended up losing a ton of weight to that staff infection that really, really halted his progress. He ended up losing like 35 pounds from that alone. Uh, which can be a huge yeah. setback for someone, you know, who needs to be jacked and say, you know, play the tight end spot, you know, needs to be very physical being on the offensive line. Uh, but I love the reuniting. I, 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 you know, Shane Beamer, I think it's, it's a perfect match made in heaven. Um, I just think, you know, th this could be a great sign to get things back on track, to get us back to a 10 win season. But, you know, I'm not going to be crazy out there and say, <laughs> Nick Saban, it's time to start counting the days on when you're ruling the SEC now. You know, like, fuck that. I'm not that crazy. So I, I feel very happy about it, though. I'm sure, you know, if I were you, I also would be, yeah. you know, running running up and down the street uh, cheering yeah. about that. Um, <laughs> the rest of these uh, transfer portal confirmations, some of them mm -hmm. are a little more interesting than others. Mm -hmm. um, some are pretty cut and dry, I would say. Uh, this one. To me, surprisingly, this one is also mm -hmm. relatively cut and dry. The next one on the list I've got, that's mm -hmm. Quinn Ewers making yeah. his way back to the Longhorns. I think mm -hmm. he really – so he let uh, – this is a full-on five-star recruit. I'm talking, you know, mm -hmm. arguably one of the best recruits in the country whenever he decided to leave high school. He actually graduated early, decided to go to Ohio State over Texas, mm -hmm. who had also offered him uh, to, to go there on a scholarship. Uh, it, it's not necessarily surprising. I think he really reflected on, on how, mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, how yeah. Ohio State do, do, does their business and, and make sure, you know, that they are, are in contention just about every single year. And it already was. And with C.J. Stroud's emergence, it already will be, going forward, a very mm -hmm. crowded quarterback room. So he oh, decided yeah. to, to really cut his losses early, head on back down to Texas, where I think even starting next season, I think he's going to be the next starting quarterback for the Longhorns uh, under Steve okay. Sarkeesian. You think so? Uh, yeah. I no, I wonder. I, I, I love his the, talent, the, man. His arm is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also the mullet. 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, it brings bringing the eighties back. I love it. You know, it's like the I, you don't see other, the parents too often anymore. The only more fitting school that he could go to with a haircut like that mm-hmm. is Coastal. If he ended coastal up, Carolina. if he ended up in Coastal Carolina, <laughs> that is the the most. I don't know why, but that just like just the uniforms, the field, mm-hmm. the mascot. That's a mullet school right there. In the, and I'm talking about, and I say that in the best way possible. Yeah, I don't yeah. mean like redneck mullet. I'm talking like that. That's a good mullet right there. That that's where you you comb it. You 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 perfect it. It's like it, it's, it's you know it's you dedicate. A, it's a true work of art. It, it's yeah. not you, just... you dedicate some time. It's got its own session to prepare oh, that yeah. shit. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> oh God, it's great. It, it is a great mullet. Uh, um, it's oh man, this guy. It, it is kind of fascinating. He's the, he's top, like he's one of six guys ever, according to two four seven sports, uh, to have a a one thousand composite ranking of a high school recruit to come out of high school and, and join college. I mean, the other guys he's joining a company with Robert Kim DJ. Of course, you know him being an Ole oh, Miss guy. Jadavian Clowney, uh, with Sean you know, Gary. As you know, yeah. Jadavian Clowney. Oh, yeah. Being, yeah, former Gamecock. There we go. Uh, Ernie Sims and Vince Young, Ooh. another former Longhorn. Yeah. So so there's a lot of hype with this guy. A lot of people probably wondering, like, why bring up a guy who barely got to see any playing time at all? He really only got to play in Michigan uh, during the Michigan State game, excuse me, uh, where he didn't throw any passes, if memory serves me correctly. Um, they just right. basically took a couple handoffs in, and that was it for his time in Ohio State. Um, but this guy is a special talent. You go watch his, his, his highlight tape at Carroll Senior High School. He's a dual-threat quarterback. He's got a cannon of an arm. Very, very mobile, very quick feet. Uh, can move out of the pocket. I, I think he can make some noise in Texas. I am interested to see what Steve Sarkeesian d- does, though, with Casey Thompson, if he does leave and declare for the draft or if he's going to stay another year. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I'd say Quinn Ewers doesn't have. I, I think Quinn Ewers is probably going to end up winning that job because of like the, all the hype with him uh, mm-hmm. uh, coming out of high school. Um, but but yeah, what what happens with Casey Thompson though? That's my big question with this. Um, um, but but good for good for Ewers though. Go, going back to his hometown. I mean, he was a big Longhorns fan growing up. He played okay. in Texas and from, uh, uh, should Carrollton, be a match made in heaven. Yeah. What's that? Uh, he's from Carrollton, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a great pickup for for Sark. I, th- I think he's going to really be the, the next big guy for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one down on the list that we've got, uh, we've got uh, Jaden Hazelwood, uh, mm-hmm. wide receiver, yeah. going to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I think that is going to be a huge pickup because we all we oh, all yeah. know they're losing mm-hmm. Traylon Burks. It's yep. going to happen. He's already declared for the draft. I think mm-hmm. Hazelwood, uh, he might not fit that same mold, but I think he really no. does – uh, add a new layer of, of explosiveness mm-hmm. and, of, and of athleticism to that receiving core that I think KJ Jefferson is going to be able to exploit. Yeah, no, it, it, you know, Jaden Hazelwood was, uh, um, you know, uh, a, a he was, I believe he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, and there was a lot of expectations with him Yes, uh, going into Oklahoma to really take, you know, really turn it up a notch, but we haven't quite seen that. Uh, when he came to Oklahoma, I mean, he had finished what 399 yards, six touchdowns, average of 10 yards a catch. He was nice at times, um, but but the, the receiving core didn't really take up. Even with Marvin Mims, who, who I was honestly a little shocked by, uh, and not uh, uh, necessarily because I think he's still eligible for another year at least um, to 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 play at, at Oklahoma to declare for for the transfer. Yeah, he's only a sophomore, so hmm. I was a little surprised to see him not join the transfer portal, but. Um, I, I, I think you brought up a great point about him kind of adding another layer to that offense in a different way, 
but in a similar but different way. Like he's going to be another great deep threat, I think, for for KG Jefferson yeah. to throw to, but more so on the speedster side of things as opposed to that physical big body guy like Traylon Burks was. So I, I think honestly, I'm Sam Pittman's you know it's good fit, good fit for them. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Hazelwood, they're, they're a similar enough height. I mean, Hazelwood's mm-hmm. 6'2", 6'3", but he's a lot mm-hmm. leaner. He, he's yeah. got a lot more length. You know, he uses mm-hmm. that part of, of his skill set uh, more frequently than a guy like Burks. Uh, mm-hmm. He also, man, I do have to say one thing for Hazelwood real quick before we move on to the next guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hazelwood's routes are crisp. He runs a oh, really yeah. nice route. I'll mm-hmm. give him that. So you can really use him in, in all three areas of the field. Uh, if yeah. you really wanted to. Uh, so we'll see um, how. Oh, wait, no, Arkansas. You're right. How Sam Pittman gets to use him. I was about to mm-hmm. say how Jeff Levy does, but I forgot <laughs> he's leaving Oklahoma. <laughs> there we go. Or, 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 yeah, no, Jeff Levy, but he's now joining Oklahoma. Yes. Right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so next we've got, uh, offensive lineman Kingsley, uh, Suamataya, I believe that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. his last name. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. going to BYU. Man, BYU, like their offensive line, like every mm-hmm. year, is mm-hmm. so good. And now looking at how he's, I mean, just 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 to put this in perspective, because mm-hmm. I know this isn't a flashy one. Like this isn't some crazy, you know, um, huge transfer. Uh, although I think it could be impactful for BYU and for Suamataya. I mean, look, put it like this: their offensive scheme and how their offensive line plays made Zach Wilson look really darn good. Let's just put it like that. And yes, I say that because I hate myself. Um, Do you, am, I, am I sensing a lack of faith brewing about Zach Wilson moving forward? Um, maybe. We'll see. Oh, shit. I yeah. mean, look, he's hey, what does he play oh, like no. six games, seven games so no. far? If that, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, come no. on, the dude's barely had a rookie season, and he still plays for the Jets. Let's keep that in mind. So, <laughs> God help you guys. Anyways. Hey. <laughs> All I can say is Elijah Moore looks really good. Oh, I love it. I, oh. I love, love that pickup. Anyway. That man yeah. looks looks good. Uh, do you really have anything yeah. to add for uh, Sumatai going though? I mean, I just think it's going to be a great move for him too because I think like mm-hmm. they produce and, and they develop yeah. talent mm-hmm. so well. I think he's going to come out of there just an absolute stud. I think, uh, you know, I think Tyler Algier is going to come back. And the running back, who's a, who's an absolute stud, and this, I mean, he's probably jumping for joy at this oh, shit, honestly. Like, yes, Christmas came another year this year. Four you know? star offensive lineman yeah. to just protect yeah. for me. Let's go. Six six two eighty. It's like the guy in their own Panay Sewell. You know, Ooh. like it's <laughs> monster it's, man. He's so good. It's it's nice, man. I, I'm really happy for BYU. Both of them, honestly, both Oregon and. BYU are great offense lineman factories. Uh, oh, yeah. State of Utah in general with Utah, uh, the Utes as well, too. Um, so I think, honestly, for Kalani Sataki, uh, their head coach at BYU, he's this is a great pickup, honestly. This is how you get this team back on track. And to find that big tackle, man, a lot of people say that's the first thing you address if you're trying to start an offense from scratch. I disagree, but but it's not a bad start. You know, no, I, no, I, it's no. not like it's a huge step back to start your, your offense that way. I, I don't blame him one bit. Um, so I love the pickup, honestly. If you get a big-bodied guy like that, that could be your your Panay Sewell or your Anthony Munoz in college. I mean, why the I hell think, not? Let's go for it. You know, can't hurt. Certainly can't. Yeah. And he's definitely got the talent for that. And now he's got <laughs> a really good uh, group of staff around him to develop him. Uh, we've only got two more, and they both, in a way, have to do with Indiana. 
surprisingly mm-hmm. enough. Uh, we've got Sean Shivers from Auburn going to Indiana. He is a, a really all-purpose all purpose back. He's not even listed mm-hmm. as a running back. He's just an athlete. He's so quick, so shifty. I really love how Auburn was able to use him out of the backfield uh, and, and just use him as a another weapon for Bo Nix. Um, mm-hmm. Cough, cough, hint, hint. We're going to get there. Um, uh, and the other one is Michael Penix Jr. leaving mm-hmm. Indiana yeah. and going to Washington. Mm-hmm. Going to Washington, going to UW. I think that's a huge pickup for UW, especially with a new head coach. They're going to have a very experienced college quarterback, one who I love his skill set. I, I, he's got a huge frame, got a nice arm mm-hmm. on him. Um, his arms, like he's accurate enough, but his arm strength does leave a little bit to be desired at times, Mm -hmm. not always at times, you know, he, he has struggled sometimes getting, getting down the deep ball, but Mm -hmm. his, um, his short, short game and intermediate game is, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. Penix is going to be a huge pickup for, uh, for Washington. Yeah, I think, I think Penix will be interesting. I think it's good to kind of, uh, Put some more competition in that QB room with uh, with Dylan Morris uh, still being there. I I I just I you know his I'm sorry, but I, I think they need to put him on notice under center. I, I just don't know if he's that guy to carry this team. Uh, he better get things going in the offseason if he wants to continue to be the starter there. Um, otherwise, they can look at Sam Heward too. The you know of course the son of Damon Heward and nephew of Brock Heward, who's a lot of people were hyping up, saying being the real deal. But, you know, even when he came in at times, it wasn't like he looked like the polished guy. He's still very young, though, at the same time. Uh, and, ha- and, again, hasn't had a ton of reps, uh, uh, To uh, you know, furthermore. Um, so I think, honestly, the more the more crowded the QB class is, so to speak, uh, the merrier. Honestly, I think it'll do – it'll bode well for this offense. It's really struggled to get going post-Jake Browning. Um, and even when Jay Browning was there, like he, he didn't end his you know his career there in a, in a glamorous fashion. I mean, he really regressed after being a Heisman contender uh, in his uh, was his sophomore year, where he threw for what I think forty touchdown passes uh, um, in his sophomore year and never threw for twenty again. Um, so you know that it's 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 really just been a a, uh, a rough going for the passing game to get going. Uh, so I think honestly, like to add this athleticism, because Michael Penix Jr. is a really nice athlete. I really like oh, what yeah. his capability is as a you know someone who can get his feet going um, in and out of the pocket, um, and you know see what Kalen DeBoer is capable of. I mean, we saw him you know maximize J- Jacob Hayner, who didn't have a ton of uh, experience, and then light the you know his competition on fire essentially uh, this year with throwing for thirty touchdown passes. He looked outstanding this year. So um, to see him, you know, by the way, I've, I thought it briefly was uh, in the transfer report, but I guess he's, he's going to stay at Fresno uh, State despite the killing he, I believe he was. Like, he announced that he yeah. was for, like, just a split he's, second, and then remembered, he's like, oh, wait a second, yeah. I got a pretty cushy job here. I might as Why well not? stay, yeah. Why not, you know? Can't blame um, him. So, yeah, can't blame him. Um, I'm eager to see what Kalen DeBoer, like, what that relationship's going to be like as he's going to try to maximize – uh, uh, Michael Penix Jr.'s potential, so I'm, I'm I'm very eager to see how that plays out. It's it's kind of a wait and see for me. I, I agree. I I think it'll be a good pickup at the end of the day. But you're right; mm-hmm. it is certainly a wait and see, especially with the new uh, new head coach. And before we head out, we have a handful of also very interesting, and somehow uh, not even somehow, but also very impactful players that are in the transfer portal that are yet to commit to their new schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna start from hmm. I'm debating where we're going to start from because there's some like there are genuinely some really interesting ones. Uh, 
I think we can just knock out LSU all in one go okay. because they have yeah. had a, a large handful of guys, yeah. and these three right or four, excuse mm-hmm. me, right here are all extremely impactful. And there's even one I forgot on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Max Johnson, Eli Ricks, Miles Brennan, Deion Smith, and I forgot Max Johnson's younger brother, a four-star tight end recruit, also right. entering the transfer portal, all leaving LSU. Mm-hmm. You know, that's two quarterbacks, a top, a five-star corner, and Deion Smith, a four-star wide receiver, and a four-star tight end, all leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not a great start for Brian Kelly because – I don't know if you guys watched a lot of LSU football this year. First off, Eli Ricks. Absolutely. He's unbelievable. Fantastic athlete. He is locked down. Max Johnson, I thought this year, was actually really good. I liked him a lot. Mm -hmm. I like his arm talent. In -hmm. a way, same thing with Miles Brennan. I mean, of course, they're very different quarterbacks, but I like Miles Brennan. I like his arm talent. I like his Mm on-field vision. Uh, He was injured this season before the season Mm -hmm. started, broke his throwing arm, and could not play. So we'll see how he rebounds with a different team. And then Deion Smith, from what I understand, he was saying, uh, I, I don't, I'm not getting enough snaps. I'm not getting enough uh, field time. And I'd like to be closer to home. So yeah. we'll see where he ends up. He's from the state of Mississippi. So you got two really good offensive programs <clears throat> um, playing there, uh, especially <laughs> ones that need wide receivers. So yeah. I'm, I'm honestly really curious to see where guys like Johnson and Ricks uh, end up because yeah. both those guys because oh, yeah. both those guys had really good seasons this year. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and I understand with Brennan that would end up being kind of a kind of reclamation project in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I've got a we a really weird feeling, but I could totally see Miles Brennan playing very well at like a Utah or or a team yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like that, a team, that's a good suggestion. Like a team we're gonna screw it. Spin the wheel. Miles <laughs> Miles Brennan uh, going to Utah, Deion Smith to Ole Miss, Max Johnson going to uh, who else needs a quarterback? Um, or would want to bring in somebody for you know what? Max Johnson, Indiana. They just lost a quarterback. Yeah, they need to okay. bring a new one in. Uh, and then Eli Ricks. That's an even harder one, just mm-hmm. because. Oh, he's really talented. Um, I don't know any of his offers yet. I don't know where he's mm-hmm. gotten any offers, but just based on his uh his defensive skill set and what position mm-hmm. he plays, Eli Ricks to Cincinnati. Yeah, I, you know, I I would love to see that him playing in that little fickle ha- defense though. It'd, it'd be so awesome to watch. That'd be I mean, I so I, good. Oh my, it'd God. be so good. But but I wonder. I, I think. But I wonder if he waits. Like, I don't know how long. Do you know how long they have to wait until they make so, the decision? Uh, they I forget. They just have to wait a little while right now because it's the dead period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So up until after the dead period, I think they've got until National Signing Day. Okay. Yeah. So that. So they. Okay. They said they've got a little bit of time. I wonder if they wait until after the college football playoff to make this. Certainly decision. could. Certainly could. You know. Because with all due respect to Cincinnati, they're not in Ohio State in terms of the, that having that lineage, having that history. They're not in, in Alabama and all that. Like, because this guy, I think Eli Ricks could pick anywhere. Oh, I'm sure. Go, you, you know, know I, I, I him with open arms. You know, I, I say that about Cincinnati as just a full-on long shot. But I would just love to see because oh, look, yeah. Cincinnati's yeah. secondary this year is mm-hmm. real good. You know, mm-hmm. j- just yeah. for everybody that hasn't been paying attention, real good. So, really, really nice. and I yeah. think just like with a little bit of recency bias there and the fact that I feel like Fickle is a great recruiter mm-hmm. uh, and essentially would tell Ricks, look, you're my number one day one walking in yeah. here. 
you don't you have competition, sure, but you're my guy. Whereas yeah. with these other schools, you know, you'd have to look at them and be like, well, maybe. Yeah, it, it's going to be a big mystery, honestly. Um, I would are love you, to see him sustain. Are you going? Uh, are, am I going to be the one just spinning the wheel, or, or are you going to give me any uh, out there picks? I I think honestly, I would see you know Cincinnati would be really nice. I think I see like an Ohio State. You know, I could see that happening. I just think like with that talent level, it's just it, it's a boring pick. Yeah, you know, but it's like. He's uh, so damn talented. They love to go, like, you know, it's like they might as well just go to where the most talent is. Like, yeah, sure. talent, it, it, you know, it, 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 talent only breeds more talent. You know, it's like, yeah. it, it's like, why not go there? So, um, it, the, the only thing, though, with him is, of course, he's a shutdown court. He's phenomenal. He had four interceptions last year when he was playing through eight games. Uh, had an interception this year, but got knocked out, uh, uh, um, you know, through halfway through the year. Uh, due to a shoulder injury after the Kentucky game. Um, so that's something that's going to, you know, probably factor into, uh, um, you know, who may, like how much reception he may end up getting. I think still he'll get so much love nonetheless because he may, like when he's healthy, he's probably the best corner out there uh, in the entire nation. He's certainly up there, I at agree. least in the conversation. He is, he's so athletic, man. He, he's just so a athletic. He's so good. Matt, Max Johnson, um, That'd be kind of cool to see Cincinnati. I mean, if Desmond Ritter leaves, you know, that like you know, I'd be kind of interested maybe in. I don't know. I mean, he's not as mobile as Desmond Ritter, but he's got um, a bigger arm, see- if you ask me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I love think he has Max a Johnson's arm. arm talent a lot. Even though I know it's a thing, mm-hmm. it's not as much a thing to me. Lefty. Yeah, I you know the bias against lefties. There I are actually a couple it, lefties uh, that, that yeah. we're going to talk about. Two of them actually that I can think of. Yeah. So, um, Max Johnson maybe going to Cincy? I don't hate that. Yeah. I like that a lot. What do you got for Brennan and Smith? Brennan and Smith. Um, I don't know. I mean, could you know, with Dylan Gabriel entering the transfer portal, could he go to a UCF? Like, yeah. could, could that happen? That could be kind of interesting. Um, go, oh, wait. I have a big brain one. Hold on to UCF. We're going to talk about – Okay. Okay. I've, <laughs> I've got one. So, Miles Brennan, you think, might go to UCF? Mm-hmm. I can see that happening, yeah. Why not? I don't, you know? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah. And then uh anything on Dion? Dion Smith. Um what if he stays in the SEC? What if he goes what if he also goes to an Arkansas? I mean they're gonna be without Traylon Burks. Uh, you know, they, you know, why not find a way to bolster that town if they can? Um I, that could be kind of interesting to see, you know, if 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 Arkansas if Arkansas could ultimately find a way to lure him in. Yeah. because uh, that's a team, honestly. That, that really could be on the cusp of making huge noise next year if they can bring in some tra- – I mean, I love what Sam Pittman's building there. I really do. With K.J. Jefferson and just getting Jaden Hazelwood, it sucks that losing Burks, but I'm a buyer into Sam Pittman in Arkansas. And I, as much as I hate them, I can't stand the pig suey bullshit. Uh, oh, so know? bad. <laughs> so bad, but, but – they're and in basketball too. They're building something athletically all you know all around. So I I'd be interested in seeing that you know acquiring some talent like that and, and giving him a chance because obviously you know Kate uh, um, uh, Butte uh, was the guy who was who was phenomenal when he was healthy. He but he was easily definitively the number one guy oh, there. And no doubt. Maybe Dylan Smith could be that guy, you know, or that tandem with Jane Hazelwood where they could see their fair share of reps and and each be number ones equally. Yeah, the only reason I say Ole Miss for Deion Smith is because 
pretty much right when he announced no, right when he announced his um, move to the transfer portal, I immediately was hearing or, or getting some smoke that he wanted to go back to Mississippi, somewhere in state, and the ru- okay. the rumor nice. was floated that he was looking at Ole Miss. That I only say that just because solely based mm-hmm. on the rumor mill churning out a little bit of a little bit of smoke, and usually you know sometimes when there's smoke there's fire that type of thing. Yeah. So uh, we're just gonna get into like you said UCF. The guy who I think is going to end up going mm-hmm. to use could go to UCF, just to reunite with his former head coach Gus Malzahn, uh, Bo Nix to UCF. Yeah. Think about that's that. That's a good point, right? I I, I wonder if he so, will. You know, because like losing Gabriel is going to be costly. You oh, know? for sure. Even though yeah. even though Gabriel missed most of this season mm-hmm. uh, with an injury. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Losing a guy of his talent level is costly. He's a very talented quarterback. Uh, and for the record, both Dylan Gabriel, uh, formerly of UCF, and Bo Nix, formerly now of Auburn, are in the transfer portal. And that's why mm-hmm. I say Bo Nix. Bo Nix to UCF. Book it. Mm-hmm. Going back to, to reunite with uh, Gus Malzahn. And honestly, I just think that that offense could just be a move, could be a really good move for Bo Nix to yeah. be a better quarterback. I think it makes for an interesting story, personally. But when it comes to talent, I've never been the hugest Bo Nix guy. I think he makes some talented throws. He can make some talented plays. You know, I think he was a five-star guy coming out of high school, if memory serves me correctly. Five-star out of high school, and I think right now he is at like a three-star. Three, yeah. Just based on uh, 24-7. Um, but I, I think, you know, it would be interesting, but you've got to find some consistency with him um, because there's, there's, you know, he makes enough plays to hold it down and to manage games, but to carry games, it's a little bit of a different story. And that's something that he hasn't quite lived up to the billing with. Um, now, Auburn also hasn't had the most spectacular receiving core talent compared to other programs, I would say, compared to even someone like an Auburn, for instance, uh, compared to someone even like an Arkansas, for instance, obviously Alabama, you know, uh, um, you know, even a Florida, for instance, uh, you know, so there's that to take into account, but, um, but I just, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be make for an interesting story, but I wonder, is he going to, to bring Bo Nix to the next level? Can that reuniting bring him to that level to where he's going to have to come? Because UCF at the same time, it's a nice program, but they're not ruining the same talent as, as an, as an, you know, like they, they, a lot of their, a lot of their success has been, you know, uh, uh, has been leaning on the quarterback play from guys like you know uh, a Dylan Ga- uh, from like guys like a Dylan Gabriel, for instance. So yeah, it's you know I, I think that's going to be an interesting question mark for me. You know, no, I agree. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? Let's just keep it going. Uh, keep keep the train moving. Dylan Gabriel mm-hmm. next. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. formerly of UCF, uh, got injured last season, missed most of the yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Uh, had two of his best seasons. Uh, one with. Well, both with UCF, with uh, Jeff Levy and uh, Josh Heupel. Uh, very used to a high up-tempo offense. I really like him a lot. There was rumor uh, he did take an official visit, to my knowledge, with uh, Ole Miss. But uh, with them losing Jeff Levy and him possibly looking to probably even, you know, to his, to his point, uh, get closer to home uh, where more family is, uh, it's looking like rumors, you know, again, going with the rumor mill, uh, and another official visit. Uh, I think he'll likely end up on the West Coast, probably with UCLA. 
That is yeah. that is the most recent um, rumor that I saw for Dylan Gabriel, and I know that you just absolutely adore um, UCLA and. Uh, oh, I I know that's why I say that. Uh, oh, Justin, oh wait, we need a. Where's our resident UCLA fan? Where's Justin? We need Justin. Oh Bell yeah, here. that's right. I forgot. Yeah, I missed that guy. Oh, where's man. Justin wish... at? Come on, I know, man. right? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to hit him up after this. See what he thinks about yeah. maybe a, a Dylan Gabriel ending up at UCLA. Uh, but what do you think about his his um possible chances uh, in the Pac-12? I, you know, I, I think it could be a good fit. I really do. Um, I, I've always been a fan of Dylan Gabriel. He's not necessarily the most accurate quarterback out there but but he makes a ton of big plays and he's just tough as nails i think he's going to come back you know firing on all cylinders after this he's gritty he's you're right he's yeah gritty. you know what a broken clavicle i believe if memory serves me correctly earlier in the year um so we only got to play really three games throughout this entire year but still at nine touchdowns for those three games um you know previously had 32 touchdowns last year in 2020 10 games and the guy is he, he's, he's just a he's just a gamer. He's nice man he really is he's just a tough as nails grinded out type of guy you know um it's gonna sound a little blasphemous because i know you're gonna hate me for this shit <laughs> but there's like this toughness that kind of reminds me of sam ellinger you know <laughs> you're hate me I know, I, I know you fucking hate me i right don't now. hate i don't <laughs> hate you i don't hate you the only thing i can say is dylan gabriel's just a better quarterback than sam ellinger like i, I think it's as yeah, simple I, as that I mean, I think you may be onto something with that. If we're um, talking just pure grit level, <laughs> if we're talking like toughness, sure, I'll give you that. But I, I just think Gabriel's a better QB. <laughs> oh, I know you do. I know that. Yeah, Honestly, not... all of the all of these players on this list, if any of them is a quarterback, I I would put money that they're better than Sam Ellinger. Any <laughs> any of them. I would take any of these guys right now over Sam Ellinger. I'm not kidding. Haters gonna hate, man. Haters gonna hate Sam Ellinger. I'm I mean, I'm look, playing. look what he did his first couple snaps in uh, Indianapolis. I'll just I'll yeah. put it like that. No, that's Getting true. A, but I yoinked by uh, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Dor- but Dorian uh, Thompson Robinson, you know, uh, uh, you know what he's done at UCLA. I really like the way he played this year. I know mm. UCLA did. Uh, um, didn't exactly finish the year like as highly as I think many people expected, considering how they started the year. But Robinson was nice. I, I liked his twenty-one touchdowns, six interceptions. Yeah. He's an athlete, you know. Oh sure, um, and six hundred yards on the ground too. On top of that, and so. of course, I mean everything that we're saying about these guys moving different places. There's no knock on the guys that are mm-hmm. currently there. Where yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I'm just pondering. I'm just kind of saying, look. I think that these would be really cool fits. Uh, I j- yeah. just think mm-hmm. it'd be just re- really think it'd be interesting. It, it'll be fascinating to see what Chip Kelly does with Dylan Gabriel, if, how he utilizes if him. If he ends um, up there, yeah. If he ends up there, that's the Which thing. It, just because he visited doesn't mean he's automatically gone. And it is looking more and more like he is, but that's just, of course, that's just the rumor. That's just yeah. you know what's being mm-hmm. floated out there right now. Speaking of uh, Pac-12 quarterbacks, uh, mm-hmm. Keaton Slovis leaving USC. Um, he's had a good three years with USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on for he's got. Does he have two more years of eligibility at this point? I think he's a junior uh, uh, right now, so he's eligible to join to, to declare for the draft if he wants to. But he's I not. I don't he think is. he's going. Well, to. for him to, to for him to yeah. uh, uh, join the transfer portal, I don't see how he would. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so, no, I know, but like, you can always hop in and out course. and kind of like people because people are even speculating what well, is Spencer Rattler going to declare for the draft, and I think Rattler's making the right decision, and I think Slovis is also making the right decision. No, 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 I, I agree. I like Slovis' skill set. I don't necessarily. I, I'm not. 
I don't want to say I'm not high on him because I do like his arm. I do like his skill set. Mm-hmm. I do like him, his ability to scan the field uh, and mm-hmm. make make good throws. Now I need to think of somewhere for him to end up. Yeah. Uh, give me. Oh no, they like him a lot. Um, you want me to give me an option? Yeah, give me give me a thought. I'm gonna go LSU. Believe it or not, I I could see that happening. I feel like his mold kind of fits what what a, a Brian Kelly's looking for. It's a it's a clear opening. I mean, Garrett Nussbaum. Yeah. A lot of I, that was my the thing. thing is, is my my thought process was yeah. I know from what I understand, Kelly really likes Nuss. He really mm-hmm. likes Nuss Meyer, and I don't blame him. He's got a good yeah. skill set, but. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder if he feels comfortable enough with that competition because I personally think Nasmar still has some things. I like the arm talent, but I think he has some things he needs to kind of air out with 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 his talent. Slovis is a guy who I think has not gotten a lucky break with interest. Now, there's occasionally a turnover-prone issue with him, uh, but this is a guy who was outstanding. His freshman year, he just balled out. He hit the ground running, man. This guy was was phenomenal. I mean, 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Took over for JT Daniels, who was initially going to the season the starter. And then, uh, you know, kind of, uh, which I never was the biggest JT Daniels guy. He, he did play decently well, I will say, for for uh, uh, Georgia when he was healthy this year. And then Stetson yeah. Bennett, of course, took over. Um, but, but Slovis, man, he just, uh, you know, I really liked him when he was healthy. And I, I thought even people were knocking him during the 2020. And USC went 5-1. The guy had 17 touchdown passes through six games. Now, there was a bit of an issue with turnover proneness, but... I think he can get that kind of uh, 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 dialed down a bit and 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 and, and mitigated from from here on out. If he finds the right system, he's in. And I think Kelly, it, it could be a good it could be a good match for both of them. Like uh, you know, trying to prove themselves as guys who know how to you know who know how to upgrade themselves and get over the hump. Because I think for Slovis, it's an issue with with health and with turnover proneness. And with Kelly, it's an issue. I think he he, he can get everything else down pretty well when, when it comes to coaching the defense, which when it comes to the offensive line and the, 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 the tight end um, aspect of things. But the passing game, the, the, the chemistry between him, uh, between the quarterbacks and receivers, that's the thing that he's really struggled to hone um, uh, as of lately and get going at a high level. And I think that's really, this could be an interesting match for each other and really like working well with each other and, and learning from their own strengths and weaknesses. Um, it, it's it's kind of a wild card pick, I think, to some people. But I'm really interested to see how this goes. Honestly, uh, you know, the, the, again, the key thing with Slovis is injuries. You know, he had some lower leg lower, lower leg injuries this year, which caused Jackson Dart to start. Um, it, it's a huge costly loss for USC. I think, honestly, um, uh, if they're not, what were you gonna say? I just thought of my pick, and I think it actually could be a really good one, just based on the new coach coming in, mm-hmm. the the quarterbacks that are available right now and just like who they've had in the past and have been able to work out with mm-hmm. Keen Slovis to Florida. That'd be nice. To the yeah. Gators under Billy Napier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd hate it because I fucking hate the Gators, but, but yeah. like, that'd be, that'd yeah. be nice. Right. And I mean, and I say that, uh, you know, I, I like what Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. were able to do this year. I find those two guys, they're extremely yeah. athletic. They, man, the thing is, like they aren't just athletic in terms of like running the ball, which that is mainly mm-hmm. what what they did this season. Uh, but those guys have some arm talent too. 
But I feel yeah. like just based on what Napier has was was able to do with Louisiana Lafayette mm-hmm. and the type of coordinators he brought in at Louisiana Lafayette, he hasn't made his choices for coordinators yet at Florida, mm-hmm. to my knowledge. I think he would prefer a more pro style quarterback, and yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. he what what he would be able to get in a guy like Slovis yeah. to come in. Absolutely, I would be interested in seeing that. You know, I mean, for you know, obviously, like he's. He's been more so uh, stellar at, at executing the ground game, but like this would be a good step up. Florida's certainly been familiar with that type of quarterback, especially with the Kyle, Kyle Trask, Trask in recent yeah, years. Yeah, that, that's you my know? thought process is they're going from a exactly. Kyle Trask who certainly more pro style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, we saw a little bit of a yeah. downturn with Mullen and then Richardson and, em- and Emory Jones, which again, like yeah. I said, no disrespect to those guys. They're great quarterbacks. I like their their skill sets a lot. Mm-hmm. But with a guy like Napier coming in, who's very process-based, very much yeah. wants somebody who's got that football IQ, who's going to be able to scan the mm-hmm. field for him, I think Slovis would be a great pick pickup for them. He would be. I think that would be really nice. Um, you know... Honestly, it, the, the key thing is, does he buy into what Billy Napier is, is, is trying to promote there, was, is what he's trying to build there? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just yeah, saying that's going to be the difference, I think, oh, honestly. Sure. If he even wants. Uh, if he as wants I, to go there. As far as I know, some of these guys, mm-hmm. like are Slovis, like our, our Bonex, you know, these are mm-hmm. guys that, as far as I know, I haven't heard anything about. I, I haven't heard of yeah. them getting any offers. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they visited anywhere. So yeah. <laughs> purely speculation, purely, mm-hmm. you know, just the thought process of, man, that'd be fun. That, that'd be that really would, good. It um, would be really fun. Speaking of SEC quarterbacks, this one's an interesting one. This one's a little weird, a little mm-hmm. just strange. Uh, Zach Calzada, uh, yeah. who I know, I'll be honest, I absolutely, you know what? That's another, that's another person. That's another group of people that can really get after me. Uh, based on what I've said uh, doing this podcast this season. Zach Calzada, I still don't apologize, because if I apologize, (laughs) that would make me a liar, and we've already been over that this episode. But I do think he still has some talent. I just don't necessarily know if it's cut out for the SEC right now. Um, No. I could see him ending up at... Hmm. See... So that's the thing. I'm also trying to rule out like teams that have a guy that they clearly like. My for whatever mm-hmm. reason, my first thought for Calzado was Memphis, but I know they mm-hmm. really like Seth Hennigan. They like yeah. they really yeah. like Seth Hennigan, and I don't. He's a freshman that. too, right? Yes, Hennigan is a freshman yeah. as well. So mm-hmm. um, maybe another American school, one that's mm-hmm. also, or even an ACC school. What what ACC school? ACC school? Would you be interested in seeing him in? Maybe North Carolina, the Tar Heels, maybe a UNC. Because I could, I, I understand okay. Sam Howell right now is certainly a lot more talented, but I think Calzada mm-hmm. gives you a lot to work with, and I think UNC's just kind of adherence to a strong offensive line, strong run game, that that type of mm-hmm. offense. Especially, I mean, going back to last last couple of years with Javante Williams, and Michael Carter, uh, that mm-hmm. that's certainly you know a part of their identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see getting a quarterback like Calzada, who is still young. Still has plenty yeah. of time to grow. Uh, certainly, you know, talented enough. I mean, he, he led a team to beat Alabama this year. The only one to do it so far. So, yeah. uh, I, I think seeing him at like a UNC, uh, a school where the pressure might not be as much on him, but that does give him room and space to develop as a quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
I think he's, yeah, I, you know, that, that's a good point. Um, I think what would be best, I would like to see him, honestly, like kind of develop for a year a little bit yeah. under another quarterback. I just don't think he's. That's fair. I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, he wasn't like, was he like atrocious or anything like that? No, he wasn't atrocious or anything like that. But I just think there are certain accuracy issues to that maybe fair he could to rectify. To be fair mm-hmm. to him. He was not even uh, slated to be the starter going into the season. He came no, in in injury relief, and I think he did that mm-hmm. uh, with aplomb. I think he did that, you know, yeah. to, to very, very well. Mm-hmm. Haynes King was, of course, supposed to be the the, the guy, and uh, he, of course, went down pretty early. Um, if he were to go, by, or, or, or well, here's an interesting situation because I, I think this could bode well, maybe for either way. If he wants to get a, a starting job immediately, um, or if he wants to sit a year behind someone who may not end up declaring for the draft. I think you should maybe think about going to Tennessee Ooh. with Hendon Hooker there, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if Hendon Hooker is going to for sure declare the, for the draft. I don't think he's made declaration. I haven't uh, heard anything about him yet. leaving yet. So, um, I mean, he could also really want to get another year under Josh Eipel. Yeah, uh, exactly. That, that offense really, really did run well. It um, did, yeah. I think that could be kind of interesting either way. Because yeah, um, sure. I think Hypel honestly could do some nice things with him. Uh, uh, moving forward and and really get Calzada in the right spot because I think there, there was I think there were some plays out there that he made that I was like okay I tip my hat to that but For it's sure. just a, a lot of a lot of this it comes down to consistency man can you do this in a consistent fashion and that's something that I didn't frankly see with Calzada this year at Texas A&M but he did have his glory moments like you said with Alabama knocking them off I mean that was that yeah. was an uh, exceptional you knocked performance off, you know like you can't knock that so uh, that would be interesting for me at least. All right, we've got two more. Um, mm-hmm. First off, we're just going to go with the only other FBS player that's up mm-hmm. here uh, on the list of running back Zach Evans, leaving mm-hmm. TCU. Yeah. Uh, really nice skill set. I, I just feel like he mm-hmm. looked at the situation and said, I'm not getting the, exactly the opportunities that I'm looking for mm-hmm. at TCU, yeah. which I can't blame mm-hmm. him. You know, that's certainly yeah. – um, uh, you know, a situation for, for everybody individually to, to look at. And- New head coach, too, is Sonny Dice, also, so it yeah. could be a difference in scheme and all that that he may not be uh, in agreement with, you know? Certainly, Who knows? certainly. Uh, I like Zach Evans' skill set a lot. I, I think he's going to be really good wherever he ends up. Uh, I've heard, this is another one, a little bit of rumor, that he might try. So he did get offered and really considered going to Ole Miss, uh, and I heard possibly a rumor that he might think about going there, but uh, I think it'd be cool to see him going to just a, like a, a running back factory. Mm-hmm. Uh Iowa State. Oh, that would be nice. Iowa, that right? would be nice. Iowa State, um, especially because they're likely, very likely, losing Brees Hall. Um, mm-hmm. Bring in a guy like Zach Evans. I mean, he's certainly got the talent level to play in FBS football, and uh, I just think that'd be really interesting. That, that that would be interesting. I wonder, though, uh, because they're, they're so good at, uh, you know, just finding a way to develop and, and really uh, – uh, uh, help running backs flourish over there. Mm-hmm. The one thing I do wonder though is, will he end up go? Like, will they be interested in him going there? I mean, you know, because like the the, the little, they love the big physical backs. You know, the David Montgomerys and the, the Brees Halls. You know, true. Um, I'm not saying they want. I mean, he is two twelve, so he's a big enough. He is a pretty big back. But yeah. like, is he going to be the guy that they they want? I'm not saying that won't happen, but but like that sure. could be the difference of that. Would I love to see him there? Yeah, absolutely. I would also like to see him at Ole Miss. I think he could flourish in Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a decent enough uh, decent enough receiving back too. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, it, you know, on top of averaging seven yards a carry as, uh, through the running game, so it, it'd be fascinating to see that. 
Um, you know, this guy, yeah, he just needs a matter. It's a matter of opportunities for him. He I just does opportunities, I, again, man. I just think he needs the snaps. That's my big thing yeah, with him. I just absolutely. think he, I think he just needs more volume. Uh, and last but certainly not least, an FCS quarterback uh, who's been rising up the boards, it looks like, over the last couple days, last mm-hmm. couple weeks. Uh, that's Cameron Ward, who played at uh, Incarnate mm-hmm. Word. Uh, yeah. All I can say is I've watched a little bit of, a little bit of tape on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Absolute cannon of an arm this game nice. has. Six foot three. 220 pound quarterback yeah. can run the ball has an can just throw absolute laser beams out there it, it is truly a fantastic young quarterback coming from an FCS school this is another one where uh I'm not sure where he'll end up I know Ole Miss is in the the hunt for a quarterback and I know he's gotten an offer already from Ole Miss that's the big thing he's gotten an offer there he's gotten an offer from North Texas from Indiana if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. Houston as yeah. well uh, out of those four, just based on the quarterbacks that they've been able to put out recently and, you know, the quarterback talent that, you know, excuse me, not just that offensive coaching talent that we're talking about, I, I could certainly see him at Ole Miss, uh, particularly based on the fact that he's already got an offer to go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would I would love to see him. I mean, and, and why not keep the, you know, the, the deep ball game going after Matt Corral was there, you know, long. with the cannon he had. Score, score from you know? far. That, that's the saying, the- score from far. There you go, man. I mean, f- the, the guys put up like Madden numbers at Incarnate in Word. Oh, 47 touchdowns, 4,600 yards. It's, it's stupid. It's so Those aren't even college numbers. Those are like, like, Those... like Madden NFL numbers right Yeah, there, we're talking know? like you're, you're built, you're uh, be a pro, no. you're a created player with all the sliders. The sliders yeah. all the way up. <laughs> this is 99 everything. Oh, know? yeah. Honestly. 99 speed, throw power, yeah, accuracy, exactly. deep, you know, everything. Ever, everything all the way up. It's it's uh, crazy, man. I would love to see him at Ole Miss. That would be a really nice uh, uh, change. And, I, you know, you always, you always wonder, like, because this guy was – he was highly touted coming out of high school, right? Uh, Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So how do these guys even slip through the cracks? You know, it's like, why? why? Because I can't imagine, like, like I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, like maybe this was his dream school to go to. But like, I, you know, I can't say that I've seen a ton of people talk about Incarnate Word as like the, the you know, the dream school to go to. You know, it's, it's most people like go to Texas, you know, it, it, since that's where he's from. Yeah. Uh, you know, or Texas Tech or Baylor or, you know, uh, TCU, either one of those. I never would have expected a guy with a hose like this to go and to Incarnate Ward. You know? Yeah. It's uh, insane. But um, but I'd love to see that in Ole Miss. That'd be nice. Honestly, I, I I'm glad you got an offer. Yeah. Be cool to see, honestly. Cameron Ward, come on down. Uh, play in the uh, red, white, and powder blue. Please and there you go, thank dude. you. I'd really. <laughs> no, in all honesty, I think that'd be a really cool, a really cool fit for um, for both the school and the player. Uh, in that yeah. instance so uh if that's all that you've got that's all that I'll, that's yeah. all that i've got uh thank you all for mm-hmm. tuning in we really do appreciate it and of course before we head out another quick shout out to our sponsors we've got symbol go over there uh use promo code oth at checkout get a ten dollar deposit bonus on any deposit of twenty five dollars or more and look if you're in sports at all i mean clearly you're listening to us right now if yeah. you like sports, go on over to OvertimeHeroics.net. Check out some of the great content we've got going on over there. And, uh, again, thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Peace.